Culture Eats Strategy for Lunch, and inform cultures drive decisions and inspire action. At the Data Culture Podcast, we talk with execs, visionaries, and data experts so that you may move from idea to outcome in your own data culture journey. Welcome to the Data Culture Podcast. My name is Atkinson, data culture innovator and consulting leader with over 21 years in data. And with us today is Solomon. Solomon, welcome. Good to have you on. Thank you. Excited to be here, Sid. Ah, and Solomon, you are currently running your own company, Delivery Layer, and that all came about. Your, your kind of overwhelming desire to start this company actually came about with a gap that you've noticed in the marketplace. So, so let's talk, a, let's kind of frame that up a little bit. And that key insight is that in this world of data that we've all lived in, a lot of the tools, particularly from the visualization side, are made for internal consumption. And yet we all need to do more than just internally consume data. So, you know, walk us through that, you know, that kind of the, the I guess the genesis of this idea. Hi, how did you have this insight? What were the pains along the way? Like, you know, let's go through Solomon's journey here. Sure. Uh, so exci excited to chat about this and thanks for having me on. So most use cases in data are internal, right? Mm -hmm. That's step number one. When you go from zero to one in data, you're taking the various different information that exists in your company, and then you're using it to help your company make better decisions. So, so it's no surprise that a, a large percentage of the focus in the world of data is towards those internal decision-making processes as it should be. But there are some cases where data needs to get external. And, and the way that I like to say it is that external data is some of the most important data in your business. Because mm -hmm. unlike internal data, where you've got tons of data, some of it is useful, some of it is not useful. When you talk about external data, all of it is really important because mm -hmm. you're, you're not sending data outside of your company unless you absolutely need to, right? Mm -hmm. Either because you're a data business, right? So I, I used to lead a business at Nielsen. If you think about Nielsen, they have some of the world's uh, most important data sets to help people make decisions in the world of marketing and understanding their audiences and insights and consumer packaged goods, right? And But in order for people to actually get those insights, you need to take the data and you need to deliver it to someone, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're not getting it. Some people listening might say, hey, there are ways that things are shared externally or there's been a long history. But I think you know, what you're hitting at is that there's some gaps in that history. So I mean, even going way back, if you look at like the, you know, the, some of the first things I'm sure that are coming to people's minds, like almost every open, you know, portal on, on a, a government website, which is, you know, was run by Socrata, which is based on the original CCAN and DCAN open source projects. But those, when you really dig into it, those really aren't true data sharing platforms. You know, so Socrata now owned by Tyler Tech, like these things are out there, but they are not filling the need. And, and there's many other things like we can talk about, you know, fire and APIs meant for sharing data, but this is what you're talking about is different than that. And so like compare and contrast a little bit, you know, what, you know, you you saw these things, you know, they existed, but then there's still, you know, that need that you're hitting at for sharing is different. Yeah. And, and to be clear, like sharing is a big word, many different ways that people need to share data, right? I could put I could put a zip file on a website that anybody could download and you could consider that sharing data because it is mm -hmm. sharing data, yeah. right? And so 
for some use cases, if that's all you need to do and you don't care about data privacy, you don't care about the uh, organizational account management of who can access what data or who's entitled to what data, and you you don't you don't want dashboards and you don't want APIs, then mm -hmm. sure put the put put the public data on a website in a zip file that people can download if they don't need anything more. But the the reality of what most businesses need when they are sharing data is that they do need a lot more mm -hmm. and they don't just need to put a data zip file somewhere or to put a data in an FTP site. They, they might also need to have dashboards and they might need to get permissioned FTP files for different customers that have that get different slices of their data, or they might need APIs. And, they, and, and, and frankly, when you get into real life use cases, you kind of need all three because one of the big insights that I have from my experiences in building a lot of these platforms is that you as the data creator, like you're creating this data set, you don't get to control how other people want to consume it, right? Mm -hmm. And so in some situations, you have the power to say, take it or leave it. I don't care about what you want as a customer. I'm just going to do it whatever I want to, however I want to do it. And you're going to live with it, right? Like if you have the power yeah. in the market to do that, then sure, go ahead. Right. Like it's like when Walmart tells the people who sell to Walmart how they want to do things, the people say, OK, but if you don't have that power in your market and you're on the other side, you actually need the customers to have a good experience. You need to meet customers where they are. Then suddenly now it's your problem to have to do that. And that's where the tools in the world of data fall apart because mm -hmm. they're not meant for they're not built for that use case. And, and that's where. That's where, you know, I'm focusing with delivery layer. And I think the reason that it's important is because, you know, get external data is oftentimes the some of the most valuable data that you can do. And so it's mm -hmm. like, yes, external data, it, the, the data that you have to get out for reasons that customers are driving or that regulators are driving, like it's important, but there's sort of a, a an opposite way of looking at it, right? Where instead of we're only going to share what people absolutely require, what if, what if we could say, hey, what more can we do, right? It's this really valuable data. What more can we do, not just for our internal people, but for our customers? Because anything more that we can do for our customers as a business is going to make us money and is going to be really valuable. And I think one of the other things in our prior discussion, it's like not everybody realizes or has the challenge you're talking about, but when they do, they feel it acutely. And I think one of those, um, those kind of collaboration points, when we look at like, say two different partners trying to collaborate across data, you know, API might not solve it. Raw dump may not solve it. Because, you know, if you, if you have the API that's programming experience, I have to know what data I'm gathering. I have to understand the data I'm looking at it. If I just similar, if I just do a raw data dump, I might expose data that I don't. But even if I'm working fully with, let's just put aside that, I'm working fully with a trusted partner, given the data that it's allowed to see, I might know better the, how that data rolls up so that I can get the right answer. But, and that's usually what, you, what you're talking about, or at least what I've heard you talking about is that it's collaboration around insights. Because if I'm just trying to share data, I can do that a bunch of different ways. I can drop drop files in a data lake, I can push you know raw data somewhere. 
but this is sharing insights that then might determine what data and APIs those two companies or organizations build together. And that was one of the interesting pieces I had heard. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I see that. I see that as something that a lot, a lot of people do or have a challenge doing, doing consistently, doing rapidly and doing well. Um, and so I loved um, some of the stories you're telling. It's like it was both with Nielsen and some others, like frame up those challenges that you saw so that people can map to and understand, you know, what you're talking about here. Sure. So, uh, so, and I'll get sort of a, a generic metaphor yeah. <laughs> for this, right? Which is that, um, like people, they don't buy drill bits, right? They mm -hmm. buy holes. They want a hole and really yeah. <laughs> they don't want a hole. Okay. They want, yeah. they want whatever the thing is that they're trying to build that needs a hole. Mm -hmm. And so for data, I think there's, there's different levels of what you need to do for different audiences, right? If you're trying to sell to a carpenter who is going to be going to be working in many different places and is comfortable with the raw data and wants to generate their own insights, then sure, give them the raw data. But not everybody's like that. Most mm -hmm. organizations don't have the resources to go and take this massive, massive data set that it comes in uncleaned and and without much explanation and figure out how to do something with it. Meanwhile, you as a company understand the most about it. So why wouldn't you try to, instead of share that raw data that needs needs a massive amount of construction to become useful, why wouldn't you do that construction and just share the end insights? That mm -hmm. for some, for many customers, that is actually what they're looking for. Um, and I, I think in the data data sales business, right? This Because this is like delivery layer plays in that space a lot. Like hedge funds are notorious for, we just want to buy a raw data set and we're going to get insights from it. And then, but the corporates, on the other hand, they're like, we don't want to, we don't want to put some data people against mm -hmm. this data set to figure out how it's important to our industry. We just want you to tell us how this data is important to our industry and then keep us up to date with it. And that's where you've got different use cases with the same data, but, but delivering data is on a spectrum between delivering just the raw data versus delivering prepackaged analytics and insights. So now you've got a very interesting work history. You know, the, uh, you don't have to pick all the different places that you've worked. You pick a couple, but let's tell you about a couple of different places you've worked in the data challenges that you ran into there, you know, that again, kind of reinforce this insight. I mean, you've seen some other ways where, you know, yeah, the, the data sharing and the data stuff worked, you know, for those scenarios, but then, you know, your work history and, and the different scenarios you ran into, you know, led you to well, then feel incredibly compelled to start your own thing to solve this problem. Yeah, so I uh, I fell into data right when data science started becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I I had yeah you know, I studied operations research in school and then went into finance for a couple of years and then decided that I was really interested in you know technology and programming and then so I became a programmer and then at the sort of dawn of data science as its modern iteration. I mean, obviously there was data science further back beyond people called it data science, yeah. but, but when, but when 
they 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 came up with this idea that if only you could find someone that had statistics knowledge and programming skills and an understanding of business all wrapped up in run one that they could be this new job that could drive all of this business impact in a way that was uh you know not didn't really exist before and and was really exciting i had randomly develop those skills and i mm -hmm. said hey that's me come come let me do this job <laughs> for the company that i was at yep. and so i've i've sort of bounced around a bit in various different data roles from startups to massive companies i've gone from being the only data person to managing a hundred plus data team uh owning the pnl of a hundred million dollar data business uh running data at a unicorn startup so i've, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences in data and truthfully what sort of got me excited about about this problem is that i do think i i've always been excited about how data drives revenue and how data can transform mm -hmm. businesses and i think that the industry is is um in a good place internally not that not that people are executing well all the time i think there are there is a lot of opportunity for people to be better data people, to be better connected to the business. But I think, I think the tools are there. I think it's about how we, I think it's less about there aren't tools and it's more about how we as a data industry use the tools. Oh, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's like the, um, we actually almost suffer in a way from too many tools. We actually don't yes. suffer in a way. We absolutely suffer from too many tools. Um, and it is, uh, um, going to take all of us a while to adapt our people processes, right? It's like, I can't remember yeah. who I was joking with this about. It's like, y'all think about how comforting it is to go on a, on a camp out and just stare at a campfire. Like, I don't know about you, but I can stare at a campfire for hours, right? And it's just <laughs> this like nice, warm, cozy, fun feeling. You know, I'm outside and I'm enjoying it. Part of it's cathartic because of, you know, long work weeks. And it's just nice to be somewhere completely different. But I bet part of it is because we still have not evolved enough away from our hunter-gatherer days that like fire means swamp, safety, and I will not get eaten by the lion, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so it's like we have many, many ages to go before we can, tr I think, truly adapt to all the dynamic changes. Like, I mean, we're still working on being good at Agile, right? And Manifesto was published in 1999, and we still shock sure. at it like as a people, like generally, right? And and uh, I think there's some people that are going to be rankled by that because like, oh, no, no, we're executing Agile well. It's like, what did you miss? That is like, you're supposed to be able to pivot towards a business outcome. Like just executing on your story points and your sprints isn't like the point. So I, oh. I think you're hitting on something big there is that there's, there's things that we commonly need and want. Sharing insights is still surprisingly hard across yes. organizations it's it it is definitely hard and I, I think a big piece of that challenge is that business is hard mm -hmm. and and if it, it just is you you've got people competing with you trying to take your market share you've mm -hmm. got execution challenges even if you come up with the best idea You've yep. got or like like biz, business is not easy. Business is hard. People are always trying. You're trying to grow. Other people are trying to grow at your expense always. And and data is always like is always answering the tough parts of business because 
if you were if if the answer was obvious or easy, you wouldn't need data people, right? Yeah. And so, so you're always in tough t- answering tough questions, digging into data sets that aren't necessarily easy to interpret, working with incomplete data, working with probabilistic decisions with without all of the information that you need. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's a tough job. I think, and I think. People who get into data oftentimes get into it because they like solving technical problems and they're good at solving technical problems. Mm-hmm. And and it is surprising when their skill at solving technical problems is only one piece of a much larger, more complicated part process. So that so that so that that's to say that internal data is not solved, but the yeah. tools I feel like are not the limiting factor in this case. I think there are other limiting factors for the most part. Yes, there are some very advanced use cases where the tools are the problem, but frankly, ever since Redshift, when you could put, you know, almost 10 years ago, when you could suddenly go from zero, like you could put two petabytes in a data warehouse (laughs) and not worry about managing, like two petabytes is a lot. Most businesses don't ever need two petabytes. So- Ever since then, a lot of the technical things have become a lot easier. And that's like the modern data stack, which I'm a fan of. I know people have not necessarily always used it the best way, but I'm a fan. Yeah. So, so quick so quick side factor. note then, because yeah. then you pointed you pointed out like either you got into it to, because you're curious in solving, you know, problems and answering questions. And you hinted a little bit in the way you you were just talking then on a, a way I love to think about using data, which is the pursuit of truth, right? And so that truth tells you gaps in your knowledge, that truth tells you things that you um, you can update your perspectives on. So I'm um, small, bi- small bias admitting here, right? Like when I've hired people in the past for data teams, I have um, always been excited. I'm not going to say preferred, but I've been excited when I get people who start with more of a business background. Maybe they had an MBA, they had economics degree. Um, you know, admittedly I have one too. I did, did data more because it was the fun technical piece, love technology, but it was the way to go after pursuits and understanding and business value. So I've had, I've had worked with amazing people who were pure technologists and came from the technology brand, brand computer science degree or self-taught, um, trade school, you know, for, for, um, but still technology focused. And I've worked with wonderful do you, you know, do you see a bias or like the one group winning out versus the other? You know, I'm sure there's a, the, the good thing is, is like, I'm not, I'm going to say it's like, I do, I, I admit my bias towards like the non-technical folks in the data world so I can challenge it and be open, but I have to admit the bias there. So what about you? What, where do you sit on that side of things? Yeah, I, I, my, my, my experience mm-hmm. is that it is, um, it's it's not a binary. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a spectrum of what is someone's business acumen. What is mm-hmm. what is their ability to understand? If I'm going to advise business leaders on strategy, then how how good a, how how good am I going to be at that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that takes years to develop your business acumen, and you develop it both through looking at the market and understanding mm-hmm. various companies that you've worked at or or various companies that you see what decisions they've made and how they've turned out and 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 sort of and 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 you get, get better over time hopefully yeah. um no. 
I, so I, I, I think that different roles have different requirements for mm -hmm. how strong you need to be with business acumen. And especially when you're interfacing with executives and very senior people, having strong business acumen is, is great. As long as you can teach yourself slash figure out the technical side of things. Because if you can't, then yeah, it's nice that you can interface with the executives, but then you can't actually be independent and solve the problems. You just are another person able to explain the problems. So it's, it's it, different roles have a mix of both, which is sort of how I think about data hiring in general. There's mm -hmm. no one right data person. Everybody comes in with different skills across so many different yeah skill sets that exist in data and then every job requires a different mix yeah no i love that answer because it, it gives a path for many people to be very good at this but um would you would do you take the, the position that like that business acumen irrespective of how you come to it is a requirement to be very good at the data you don't always actually point you don't have like think about on the spectrum you don't have to be all the way over here where you can help like with a, the strategy of a company but understanding and having the context on the data that you are looking at, yes. you, you yeah, got to have it's, that. It's super important. It's, it's super. super important. It's it's at, at it's at the level of SQL. Yes. Business acumen, <laughs> right? Oh, and I agree. So that's that is. Otherwise, you, you're like in the same way that you can't interact with the data if you don't have SQL. You can't interact with the business if you don't have business acumen. No. And and. In the same way that there are various degrees of SQL skills, there are various degrees of of business acumen. Yeah. So in some ways, you know, not in it's the out, you know, the acumen not only around your own business, but then the acumen around like the insights and the information that's being shared across companies is also. Um, and I just made that tie, by the way, that was not planned. Uh, so I was just thinking about those years talking about the business acumen. It's like, well, that's that's really in some ways like with sharing insights versus just data, we're actually trying to raise the the um, particular acumen, like the focus on what is this business? What is my business? I'm trying to share an insight with a partner and I need to share insight, not just data. Yeah. Like raise the acumen on both sides. A hundred percent. And this gets back to sort of the 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 second part of the question that you asked, yeah. which is if internal data is is the tools are there, external data, the tools are are way less there, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 you know, you've got obviously a lot of people share data externally. So this problem has been solved many times in many different ways. Um, mostly for so so for something like delivery layer, where I'm working with primarily like data companies where their product is data and they have very sophisticated use cases, right? Mm -hmm. They need to have dashboards and APIs and files for different customers with different permissions, account management structures. Like it gets, it, it gets um, mixed between like syndicated products and one-off analyses. It gets, it gets complicated. So that's yeah. sort of the those are the ones where typically you don't even see it as a data product. You see it as your front end product with a mm -hmm. team of back end engineers and front end engineers and designers and DevOps people and all that. Really, they're just delivering data insights. But what that what that oftentimes looks like in your company, the data team doesn't even touch. 
right? Mm -hmm. That's like the business doing it and data, data watches them do it. And what I see is that there's this opportunity for data people to be more impactful by understanding some of the value of what you can drive within your data to customers and then making that a reality. Because data people, by the nature of what we do, we see opportunities that no one else will see because no one else is looking at the data in the same way we are. And this goes for internal opportunities as well as external opportunities. And so when you come across something that could really help your customers, right? Every business is in the business of helping their customers in it, it, get better or helping their customers um, get something that they need, solve their problems. So if you as a data team are able not just, you know, we've got this big challenge in the industry to mm -hmm. prove our impact as a data industry. And there are many things internally that everybody is working on. Every data leader everywhere is working on to prove, hey, this investment that you made in data, look at how amazing it's turning out. And and my my sort of I don't know, mission, vision, idea for the industry is yeah. that like there's also opportunities externally. And by yeah. the way, any time that you as a data team are actually doing stuff for your customers and you're driving new revenue that you can point to and you're driving, you're in the mix with, re with your customers, it just makes you more important to the business in a way that is different than internal stuff. And... <laughs> And and by the way, helps you with all the internal stuff because the level of understanding and acumen that you need to have to be building external facing data products has massive uh, spillover effects into your internal ability to operate because you, you need to understand enough about your customers to build products like that. And mm -hmm. so if you're able to operate at that level, you're going to be operating at a far better level internally as well. You know, I, I think I'm going to take one small thing back as we're talking in that um, we've talked about the tools being mostly there, right? And I think that is true for a lot of the traditional data state you know, needs. Um, and even, and I, I'm going to say traditional is even encompassing things that are still relatively current. But, you know, a lot of the, the data lake house and other paradigms that are out there are still, now we can do what was envisioned you know, 20 years ago, because it's it's super cheap to do it on the infrastructure and with the tech. But when it comes to like the data sharing piece, it still feels like the wild, wild west. It's like the early days of mobile. It's like there was a framework for for developing anything on mobile, right, at that point in time. And so as they, you were stuck picking out, am I going to go, you know, native compiler? Am I going to go like build like a mono framework and like, you know, be able to do cross-platform, but then it's a heavy cost to do that. Like it's still a lot of custom questions, right, around how to do this stuff. And so that's one. Um, so yeah. I think we can hit on that. The other, but I, I and I'm going to say this so we don't forget this point too, in talking about, you know, the data people improving, you know, showing value, you know, there, we are, have traditionally been left behind in the value discussion because it's like, if I go build a website, if I go build an app, it's much more tangible, like versus I provide you insights, you therefore have to then go decide what to do with those insights, right? Like I'm, am I inspiring the right decision culture? But irrespective of that, 
you know, one thing that has been missing a little bit for the data people is that satisfaction of I built something, I created something. We, you know, we love to be, to create and build just as much as like the next code person, right? And so seeing our work product actually have impact, actually have value. And then, you know, what better way to the cut its teeth out there in the open market with partners you know, who might pick it apart and give us like that necessary information or feedback on valuable, not valuable. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. It's a, it's a nice way to get feedback and, and kind of works work product satisfaction we haven't had in a while. So, yes, uh, one of the one of the things that is really cool about data work that um, that I love is that data impact is uncapped, right? Yeah. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. there's no you know it's like in baseball the maximum amount of points you can score is 4 at any any at bat right like you got you got your grand slam that's it um, mm -hmm. but but if you come up with an insight that lets your business start a billion dollar revenue division you you can you can say hey i just drove a billion dollars like there's mm -hmm. no there's no there's no limit and what what i think and that's one of the things I love about data work uh, is that there's kind of nothing that you can't do, right? You just, because yeah. everybody, like you're you're there to help the business. And yes, you've got your projects where you're agreeing with the business. Here are some of the big priorities that we're working on. But when you're in the data or when you're in the business, understanding what the problems are both for your internal business as well as the market, like and and understanding the data, you're in a place that you can, again, come up with these ideas that other people can't. And I think you're right for internal stuff. There's you know there's a set of businesses and products where you need to build a platform and you need to have something like a delivery layer where you're 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 essentially building a product from scratch. Mm -hmm. There are many other data opportunities where you can build a differentiated data set or build a differentiated build differentiated insights that get incorporated into your existing product and platforms and i agree with you the tools are not are the tooling is not necessarily there yet for making that easy there's a lot of people sort of hacking it together <laughs> figuring out yeah. how to go from their data in snowflake into a transactional database to drive products and th so th that's still i agree with you um there's companies that are working on it but that's still an area where we need work and we and it's it's a really honestly only been recently that we have in the past couple of years but seeing you know like snowflake and and databricks being the two biggest ones with this is how you can share data across instances and with other snow but we get with other snowflakes or data our databrick customers now that's starting to become a little bit more open. Uh, Microsoft's doing the same thing. But this is still, you know, not some people are doing it. Not lots of people are doing it. Um, it's still then sharing raw data. Uh, and I mean, yes, you could probably or yes, you could format those the results into an intermediate or final result set and then share that. But it's not the same thing as like sharing the insight, which typically requires a formatted visual or a story, a story that goes along with that data. So Yeah. And I actually I actually think that the fact that a lot of these companies are building out this functionality, even with the extreme limitations that they have, mm -hmm. is is proof in the market of how important and beneficial this data sharing is. Because, mm -hmm. you know. 
if you're if you're a company and want to share data, you in you're on Snowflake or you're on uh, BigQuery, you don't oftentimes get to choose what data warehouse your customers use, yep. right? They're using their data warehouse. And so the fact that we look at uh, uh, Snowflake or BigQuery or Red, like everybody, Databricks, everybody now has data sharing. Yep. The fact that you've seen such adoption of these products, even though they're only limited to the slice of customers that have your exact same data warehouse, only goes to show how how meaningful doing this kind of thing can be because mm -hmm. e e even solve like let's say, let's say any data warehouse has 20% market share right like even just solving 20% of this problem we're looking at these at these data warehouse sharing solutions as oh wow look at how great this is think yeah. about if you as a company can solve that for 100% like that's where that's where you can see how valuable it is to share this data as evidenced in the market about how companies are jumping on these services, even though they're only solving a sliver of the problem. Well, and it's, it's the hardest part I see is, is sharing the insights, right? Like that's back to, it's like, it's lots of ways to share data, sharing the insights and sharing it in a way that can be collaborative or live or any of this other stuff is the hardest, the, the harder part of all of this, right? I am, if I am sharing something with my partner, it is because I'm trying to purportedly drive action, drive decision-making. And so if I'm sharing just raw information, then they've got to trust that they put it together in the same way. Uh, and again, advantages to that, because then maybe they drive an insight I didn't have, but my time to a discussion is slower. My time to yeah. market is slower. You know, my time to action is slower. So all yeah. of these things are slower. Yeah, and the the one the one insight that I have from being part of businesses that are further along in the journey mm -hmm. is that it is it 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 if anything beyond trivially sharing data will eventually require this multifaceted use case where you insights are like as you said sharing sharing data it, like sharing data setting up a cron job and delivering uh, a file to an s3 bucket or an ftp site is not as hard as delivering the insights which you know is probably more hard than setting up an api right and so mm -hmm. you've got these layers of challenges but what is the most challenging is that if you if if this is actually becomes a thing in your business, you need to do all three. You don't get to choose to yeah. just do one because <laughs> yeah. your customers. So whatever whatever challenge there, and and the biggest challenge of all of it is taking what you originally internally thought was this single stream. Right? You thought you had like I I, I worked with uh, a company that built out a product facing insights portal on top of embedded BI platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and before they knew it, they had 500 different pages on it and it was very slow and challenging. And mm -hmm. then they needed to have a separate API platform that was powering API data. So you had your, you had your like challenging embedded BI, you had your API platform. And the biggest team was the team that was in the background setting up all of the shared permissions and entitlements across those two systems that needed to match so that companies didn't get the wrong data. And th like that complexity of managing all of it ends up becoming the biggest challenge when you get to scale. Your first two customers is it's not a problem, 
using any of these solutions. But once yeah. you get to scale, suddenly that's why that's why most companies that know already that they're going to go beyond a couple of pages or 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 they're going to have a lot of different customer use cases, they're building it custom. They're not using any off the shelf tools. Yeah, I work a lot and have worked a lot with over the years, like state and local government. I mean, this is a ripe problem in that area. Like governments, um, a lot of people think that, oh, they don't want to share data. They're trying to hide notes. Like they actually absolutely desire, almost everybody I've worked with absolutely desires to share data with the public, but they run into these massive challenges of, all right, you know, the, the old C can, D can, Socrata, now Tyler product doesn't fit the need. You know, I, I can, I can publish, you know, like you said, do cron jobs to publish raw data there, but I can't publish insights for the public. Oh, and by the way, when like somebody retires, which actually happened, we call it the Willie effect. But when Willie mm. retires <laughs> and, yeah. you know, one of the agencies realizes that data is not being republished and hasn't been republished in six months, like this, these things cause issues in almost every state or big city customer I've worked with has a custom portal project, you know, in the works or that's been delayed because it's been, you know, they, they all have what they desire to do, which is efficiently and effectively share data and insights. And it's not easy. Uh, yes, you can go get a lot of data from Gov, but it's all going to be raw. It's going to be, you know, oddly formatted and it's going to require, you know, our level of skills to go decode and make use of that. You know, whereas mm -hmm. like, heck, even between agencies, like sharing insights, you know, in the government space, like even sharing between agencies can be difficult. Um, yeah. So, no, I definitely agree that you, um, you have, it's, uh, I, I, I do believe that what you're focusing on is going to be a growing field as more and more people mature, um, their data state, their data management understand better they, what it means to not only drive insights internally, but now I want to share those insights with a partner. You know, they, uh, it's the beautiful, as Lee and I have talked, it's a beautiful kind of chat GPT effect. Um, you know, it's the, as more people point these LLMs and other things towards their internal documents and their internal data states, they're like, holy crap, we haven't managed this appropriately. <laughs> so we yes. need to do a little bit better. Um, I, I see this thing where the space you're working in is similar. It's like, okay, we're going to, it's going to help drive better behavior because we are going to, in a more cost-effective way, realize how to, to share insights and information with our partners. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So tell me what gets you most excited about the space that you're working in and you know, what keeps you up at night? Yeah. I mean. To me, what what gets me most excited is like seeing the moment when companies go from that zero to one with their customers mm -hmm. and it's like tra transformational. Like to me, yeah. to me, that's the that's the payoff in data in general, both for internal and for external. I, I like external a little bit more because that translates directly to like more money coming in, right? Like I had a meeting the other day with a customer who's rolling out a new analytics platform yeah. on delivery layer and th they were doing their first sort of like beta demo meeting with one of their customers and the other, their customer was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like nice. now that we have this data, we can like change our internal processes and we can judge mm. our vendors and we can do all of this other wow. cool stuff. And it was like, and like they left the meeting with like, you know, three or four opportunities to expand their contract. And it was, 
it was real it was just like i was like yeah like i was like that (laughs) those are the moments that you're like all right you because you could you're living it live seeing the data make a difference for everybody it's making a difference for the end customer because they're able to better better do things in their business like they're like they suddenly see some solve a big problem for them you Mm -hmm. know you're making more money like it's just it's just good all around awesome that that to me is always the the best payoff in analytics and data and and you get that internally too Mm -hmm. i remember what early on in my career i was working for a company and there was this years-long internal internal schism between (laughs) about how customers uh, used the site. There were some people who thought it was search heavy and there were some people who thought it was navigation heavy and nobody knew the answer. And like people, (laughs) people really, really got it. They probably had like flags. They were every opposing camp and then they came down to team search and there was team like category (laughs) navigation. And like, like this was a, this was a big problem. And so I, I, uh, I came in as a data leader. I'm like, all right, well, we can just find out the answer to this problem. <laughs> and so yeah. this is not like, we don't need to talk in theoreticals and uh, like, let's instrument this. And then suddenly we're going to figure it out. And within 30 minutes, we knew the answer. Like, it, and it wasn't even close. It was like 92% did one and 8% did the other. And suddenly this big, massive problem that held back the company from making the right strategic decisions about where to go with the product mm. was just immediately solved. Yeah. And that to me is where just as a data person, you get to come in and just like help unstick people help yeah. get companies to much better places. And then you're working with all these people and you're all becoming more successful as a result. So to me, that's like, that's the best, that's the best part of being a data person. Um, I think the, the, the watch out for the industry, like the challenge mm-hmm. is that in many cases, we, we have gotten opportunities and not like, not done what we said we were going to do right mm-hmm. like the team got the team for many reasons because data work is chaotic and this is not that people didn't work hard but like companies invested a lot in data with big expectations that didn't end up being fulfilled yeah and i think that like this is where this is where as an industry like and i say this like like we all win and lose together in mm-hmm. data where the more the more people the more companies that as data people were able to show how amazing data can be and how data can be differentiated both internally and externally then whenever those people that that we work with and we show that to go and talk to other people or go to other jobs and go to conferences whatever like they're spreading the idea of how much data is valuable and on the other side anytime that we fail and you've got it's sort of like it's a it's a brand perception for the mm-hmm. industry. What is the industry brand perception? And right now, I think the industry brand perception is that you've got inconsistent performance, some cases of real success, some cases of a lot of wasted money. And I think that I think that over time, getting that up, up, getting that brand up to you know consistent success instead of inconsistent success is one of the biggest important things that we can do in the industry. 
I agree with that. Yeah, the the kind of the way I might um, term it or add on to what you just said is that we've had <clears throat> a lot of, in many ways, positive hype and attention towards data, which, you know, again, my bias is as a data person, I love that. Um, yeah. It was really annoying when I started my consulting career is like data wasn't even in like the, you know, barely cracked the top 10, but it was almost like it was lip service. It's like they cracked the top 10 on CEO or CIO lists on things to pay attention to, but still challenging to get people to actually move on. I feel like the, we're, we're kind of at this dangerous opportunity right now where to your points, like there's now a lot of attention, like value and results need to come. And value and results need to come. And this is kind of going back to something else I, I think you hit on, which is comes when we as a profession are good at the business acumen side. Um, and I, I've said this before, but I'll admit it again. When we first started talking data literacy, I presumed that was more about how we as the technology side became more literate on what the business needed. But that's not how it was presumed it was actually presumed more on this is how the the business side becomes literal on the things we're doing it's like i don't think that's the right way to look at it right we serve like that's our job is we serve and so yeah we need to be literate and i feel strongly we need to be literate business acumen like literacy in my mind i do agree that there's good things in business people knowing how to interface with the technology right We, we we all type our own documents these days we don't hand that off to somebody else Yep. So there is goodness in that, but the, that we have more work to do to move towards the business side than they have to move to us is my personal feeling. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that data is a support function, mm -hmm. right? Like when what like d data is there to help because everybody else in the business has specific goals that they need to meet that are tangible for the business. In, that drive direct business results. Yeah. Product has features, product engineering have features that they need to build. Sales has revenue that they need to bring in. Marketing has, uh, you know, qualified leads or they have brand awareness goals that they need to hit, right? Data, what, what data is there to help other people do better, right? Help, mm -hmm. help business teams make better decisions. And so, as a result, we're we're a support function, and that, that's not to diminish what data people do, but it means that like our job is to do whatever the marketing team needs, and yes. <laughs> if that if if that if and in some cases that is helping them become a little bit more literate in the data because you don't just you can't just give data to people and expect that they're going to automatically understand how to make yeah. better decisions with that. You need to be there to support them as they go through that, but. Also, it means that if we want data to actually have an impact, you can't just you can't just build a dashboard and expect that impact happens. It's like you need to make sure that that dashboard is being used effectively. And I think that that second step is often missed. Yeah, the the advisory piece is is for sure, and that advisory requires the acumen. Well, Solomon, you are very active on LinkedIn. If people want to get in touch with you, is it LinkedIn the best way? There's some other ways yeah, that uh, LinkedIn, so LinkedIn, 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 we're going to stick with LinkedIn. The best way. Or, or, or a warm intro from someone yeah. via email is fine. I, I made a joke the other day that contact forms on websites, <laughs> like you go to deliverylayer.com, it explains everything about delivery layer. We have a contact form, but you know, 
99.5 like there's so much spam and contact forms yeah. right now that if you actually want to get in touch just find me on linkedin or get a warm intro awesome well thank you for being on today really look forward to publishing this episode and all the subsequent conversations that we'll have uh in this year about data sharing and insight sharing awesome sid great to be here thank you for having me and uh yeah would love to would love to continue the conversations awesome thank you sir all right Thank you for listening and being an advocate of the data culture community. Curiosity intersected with data can inform and inspire change for the betterment of all. Let's build cultures to make this happen. If you have a topic, want to be a guest or chat, reach out to me, Sid Atkinson, or my co-host Lee Harper on LinkedIn via DM or via the Data Culture Podcast LinkedIn group. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so anywhere you get podcasts. Be sure to join our LinkedIn group to engage with your fellow data culture changemakers and visionaries. Thanks again for listening.